Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local... You will dial 702-650-5588 to join in on our discussion today. Again, that number is 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That would be 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website, and their website is triple. WKKVV.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. Uh, also, we're being streamed live video and audio from Save the Loss at All Costs' website. And our website address is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, you'd like to go there and get blessed. The gospel is always free on our watch. Again, our web address is www.savethelosslv.org. In addition to that, we are being archived over on iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, you can, again, listen to us. And the gospel, again, is free on our watch. We have a cell phone number associated with KKVV, 1060 AM. And you can listen to KKVV, 1060 AM, anytime that you like. But we'd love for you to call on your cell phone today and listen in. And that number would be 563-999-3194. It only works if you're in the United States. Again, that number from your cell, most people have cell phones, is 563-999-3194. Now, Brother Vernon uh, is out on assignment, and we will see him next week. And we love you, Brother Vernon, and we'll see you soon. I would like to uh, reference some very special people in my life who have had birthdays here recently and some that are coming up. Uh, my wonderful mother had a birthday on Friday. And my wonderful pastor's wife and my dear sister in Christ, Lady Desiree, had a birthday on Friday as well. I have a spiritual mom and a natural mom that have the same birthday. Imagine that. One of my dear sisters in Christ, uh, we love you, Sister Ego. That would be Sister Deborah. She had a birthday yesterday. And uh, my dear friend, Pastor, wonderful mentor in Christ, would be Pastor Joseph Terry, and his birthday is today. Love you, man of God. I love all those people that I mentioned, but you know, as I always say, remember always, Jesus and I love you more. We have some birthdays coming up. I'd like to acknowledge 
one of my dear, wonderful children in Christ. Love him to death. That's Deacon Samuel. He'll be turning nine on May the 9th. I love you, Deacon. I know you're there listening. And I have a amazing uncle, Tommy, who will be 91 on May the 9th. That is just amazing to me. You know, I just came back from a birthday party where a dear aunt turned 100. So I'm just very excited about any second that God gives us on this earth. And then I have a wonderful uncle who I love dearly, who has a birthday coming up on May the 13th. And that would be my uncle Noel. So I love you all. I'm very blessed to have you a part of my life, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do with you in the next chapter of your life, and I will be having a front row seat. Amen? So we're going to get into our lesson today. Uh, We're going to look at the book of Revelation. There's actually seven churches that are mentioned in the book of Revelation, And believe it or not, it is the book of the Bible that says that if you read that book, you will be blessed. I don't know why more people don't read the book of Revelation, but it comes with that promise that if you read it, you'll be blessed. Imagine that. So there are seven churches there, and we're going to look at one church in particular Sometimes uh, you will see that people will study the seven churches and they'll look at them in chronological order as the letters uh, appear. But there was one particular church that stood out to me and I wanted to uh, share with you what the Lord had given me. So the topic for the day is the doctrine of compromise. There's a lot of compromising going on in today's churches. And that happened over 2,000 years ago. So I want you to know that we're still struggling with that. But our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, presents himself in Revelation in this one particular letter that he has not presented himself like before. He presents himself as the son of God. You're going to see how important this is. I really, really strongly encourage you that get a piece of paper. Please have a pen that writes or a pencil. You want to write down these scriptures. This is something that you really, really want to buckle down on. You have to get this. You have to. We don't have time because we never know when the son of man is coming. Catch that in your spirit. The son of man, he addresses himself as the son of God here. So please, please pay strict attention. If there's anything that's distracting you from listening, please silence it. We're going to say a prayer but I ask you to do a real big favor for me, for me, for all those who are listening. I'd like you to do something that's going to bless you and someone you care about deeply as the Lord puts them on your heart. There's someone that's in your midst, in your atmosphere that has been calling out to the Lord. They need clarity. They are on the fence about some things. They are going along to get along. And it's not going to turn out well. 
If God has dropped a person in your spirit in a season called now, I need you to write down the cell phone number to this radio station. And I need you to text the person and tell them to tune in right now. They have a cell phone. I'm going to give the number twice and I'm going to ask you to be sensitive to the spirit. Text them the number and just tell them to listen. And either they will listen or they won't. But at least you did what was right at that particular time. The number for the cell phone for you to listen right now as we are going forward is 563-999-3194. Get your cell phone. Text this number to the person God has put on your heart. Again, that number is 563-999-3194. The only instruction you should give is listen. Let the Holy Spirit do the rest as I pray. Dear Father God, in all heaven, earth, and creation, we appreciate the opportunity to study your word to hear what it is that you need us to hear. Lord, we're asking you in the name of Jesus to silence anything in our lives at this particular moment that is not giving you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We want to get this lesson, Lord, as if our very lives depended upon it. Lord, please help us to stay focused. Please help us to stay the course. Please help us to choose life and not death in a season called now. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Lord, for all the lessons and the love and the protection and the covering you are giving in us. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Again, our topic for today is the doctrine of compromise. And we'll be looking at the book of Revelation and we are going to go to chapter 2, and the verses we're going to be looking at are 18 through 29. And I'd like to say that to you. Again, we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 2, 18 through 29. So if you can write that down, those are the scriptures that we're going to be looking at. We'll be looking at more, but that is the bulk of what we're going to be doing right now. Now... Beware, Thyatirans. Being a good person is not enough in God's church today. Being good or believing that you're good is not enough. We have to address the doctrine of compromise. Amen. So let's start looking at the church. And what we would call Asia Minor, and that would be what is known as modern-day Turkey. Now, the church that we're looking at is Thyatira. That's spelled T-H-Y-A-T-I-R-A. And again, it was located in Asia Minor, which is now known as modern-day Turkey. It was known for its trade guilds. A guild would be the equivalent to a union. 
A few of the trades represented were leather, linen, tanners, bakers, potters, and bronze workers. Also, it was known for making Roman helmets out of bronze. The Romans had an outpost right there. And believe it or not, they also had a coliseum where athletic games were held. But later it was turned into a place where they would kill criminals and Christians alike. So this particular place wasn't of any real significance. It wasn't a metropolis. It wasn't anything big. It didn't have any kind of ports or anything like that. But again, I told you it was known for its trades. Also, we know in the book of Acts, there was a lady named Lydia that we find in Acts 16 and verses 14 and 15 who actually came from Thyatira. And she was known for dyeing the color or cloth in the color purple. Now, the thing is, is that this particular region where she came from, the purple came from roots of a plant. Sidon, which is S-I-D-O-N, is modern day Lebanon. It was also known for the color purple, but because it was near a waterway, then its color came from mollusk. Okay, that would be slugs. Some people might even say snails. So there are two incidents where particular regions are known for the color purple, but this particular purple came from roots. And also, it wasn't a religious center at all. There was no temple. Now, in the important thing that we have to remember that there were a lot of home fellowships. There were actually about a hundred or so churches that were in Asia Minor. I mean, it had exploded uh, with um, learning about the gospel. It was on fire. You know, the uh, first came with the church of Ephesus and it just spread it. So you have to understand this is a great time and churches are growing and they're basically home fellowships because this is where they would break bread together. This is where they would go from house to house and they would discuss daily uh, the risen Jesus Christ. Now, it didn't matter if they were men, women, baby, sick, old, Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, slave, or free. This is where they got their biblical instruction for learning again about the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, believe it or not, home fellowships were what was going on. Because we can see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 19, uh, where Paul mentions that uh, he was at the home of Priscilla and Aquila and that they got together on the Sabbath. And that's referenced there. Also, Paul writes a letter while he's in prison to uh, Philemon. And he is at the church of Colossae. And 
in verses 1 and 2, it clearly states that there were Christians meeting in Flymeman's home. And then you have uh, the area around one of the seven churches, Laodicea, and there were also a meeting in people's homes. And we find that in Colossians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. So the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church, the people were meeting in home fellowships. And it's perfectly acceptable to still meet in home fellowships just like they did back in that time. Okay? And you teach the Bible and you worship God just like it's found in Titus 1, 10 and 11 and 2 Timothy 3, 5 and 6 and uh, 2 John chapter 1, verse 10. So home fellowships, this is where it's happening. And this is where the doctrine of compromise is really, really starting. It's in our homes and we have to be mindful of that because we should be priests of our own homes. A lot of people want to blame what's going in the established church, the four walls, if you will, the box. But where is it really starting? It's starting in our homes. So let's be mindful of that. And let's see what the Lord tells us about that. So I think I've given you some background about uh, the church there. But they were worshiping a minor god, and his name was Teramos. And that's spelled T-I-R-A-M-O-S-E. Basically, he was a man riding on a horse, and he had a battle axe. And you want to know what a battle axe is. A battle axe is an axe that has blades on each side. Now, this worshiping, actually of this particular God with a lower G definitely morphed into worshiping Apollo and Apollo was the son of Zeus which morphed into worshiping Caesar and we're going to point some things out in the book of Revelation. So these people in this particular region had wonderful gifts They were very accomplished with their hands. They were doing wonderful things. They belonged to guilds. And they belonged to guilds in order to have protection of themselves, financial gain, job security, so that they can worship their idol god here. Uh, They can have merriment. Because in their worship, it wasn't what we see traditionally. Their worship was done like on couches. They ate on couches and then they drank on couches. And then from drinking on couches, it went into sexual immorality. From sexual immorality, they conjured up demons. They would bleed. They would cut themselves. They would do all kinds of things. In that particular region. So. You have to understand what was going on. And this had been the enemy of the church for a long time. False doctrine. Then when false doctrine creeps in, other things are creeping in. But this particular letter that we're looking at 
It's got some real powerful things, and I think it's very relevant till today. We're going to take the call, and then we're going to move on and read what we have in chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you back. I was calling to see if you need a reader. Amen. Well, that would be wonderful. I appreciate that, woman of God. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 29. Okay. And let us know what version that you're reading from. I have the King James Version of the Bible. That would be fine. Okay. Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. King James Version says, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which call herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. 21. And I gave her her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. 23. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which seeketh, which searcheth the rings and hearts, I will give unto every one of you according to your words, 24. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of their tyrants, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I would have put upon you none other burden, 25, but that which you have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. 27. And he shall rule them with the rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. 28, and I will give him the morning star, 29, and he that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go back up here to verse 18. Now, verse 18, 
is saying who the letter is going to. And it basically speaks to the angel of the church. Amen? Amen. So the angel of the church would be considered the messenger. Because angel can also be a messenger, the pastor or the minister. So it would be the person who is leading the church. That is who it's addressed to. When the John the Revelator, the Apostle John, wrote this, uh, he was actually banished to an island called Patmos. So he wrote this and he addressed the letters under the divine inspiration of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's the risen Christ. So these letters went out. And so this is who it's being addressed to because there has to be divine order and leadership. There's always order in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So there is a person that is being held accountable more so than the next person when the Lord puts them in the position of authority. Amen. I agree. So we have to understand that if you've been given a position of authority and we're going to look at it in reference to a home type of fellowship, then you need to be at your post and you need to be doing your job. Don't look at the man who is having a meeting at a fellowship location. Look at the person called you because at the end of the day when he's coming back, because this speaks to him coming back. So this is very prophetic. He is going to be doing something when he's coming back. He being our Lord and Savior. So be very attentive to this. Don't try to blame it on pastor so-and-so, evangelist so-and-so, minister so-and-so. No, you don't get that liberty. That's not going to work. So now we know who it's being addressed to. Now... When we look at verse 19, it talks about he is aware of their works. But before we get to verse 19, let's look at verse 18 again. He calls himself the son of God. Make no mistake. He's God and the son of God. He is God. Amen. And he is letting us know he does not address himself like this in any other of the other letters. This is the first time and the only time he's addressing himself. But look what he says. He says he has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. This is his glorified state. This is how he looks in his glorified state. He's not a man as far as incarnate, which was God and man in flesh. He's not that. He's glorified. Amen. So let's look at his form. Is what he is. And the thing is his eyes are like fire. They're laser beam. They can see into the hearts. And the deep secrets of men. Minister. I'd like you to go to Romans 2. Verse 16. And then I'm going to go to Daniel. Verse chapter 10. Verse 6. Again you're going to go to Romans 2. Verse 16. And if you can share that with us please. Okay. Romans chapter 2. Verse 16, reading from the, New, from the King James Version. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Okay. So he knows the hearts and secrets of men. Is that made plain there? Yes, it is. All men. There's no 
nobody's hearts or secrets that escape him. Now, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 6, I have the New King James Version. The Word of God says this, His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, the sounds of his words like the voice of a multitude. It sounded like an ocean. His voice. Burl means the color of gold. That was what his body looked like. But if you can see, it says his face appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, and his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And his voice sounded that of multitudes like an army, like an ocean. That's him in his glorified state. Now, make no mistake, he can see us and see everything that we're doing. He knows our hearts and he knows our secrets. 19, it talked about, he said, he knows your works. He talks about love, service, faith, and he talks about patience. But look what he says, as for your works He says the last are more than the first, which means you're doing more now than when you first started. He is aware. He is watching over you. He says in his word, he will never leave nor forsake them for those who love him and follow his commands. And he said he'll be with us until the end of the age. That's what his word says. So he is personifying his word. He was very complimentary. He's given a great report card. He's telling you all the things that you have done. And matter of fact, he's even shown you what you've improved upon. These things, if you notice, do not cost money. Does love cost money, woman of God? No, it doesn't. Does service cost money? No. Does faith cost money? No, it doesn't. Does patience cost money? No. So for all of you who think that you got to have a big money, a big degree, a big education, a big fine car, you have to live in a certain address, have to have a certain pedigree, Jesus is not interested in that. Because if it was important, he would have said it. And then when we go around to Matthew 7, then they talk about, the things that are important to him, that you gave somebody a glass of water. How much does it cost to give water? That you went and visited a prisoner. That you gave somebody some clothing when they were cold. That you cared for the sick. How much does that cost, sis? Not much. So... It doesn't matter about your social economical status. He's concerned about your character, what's in your heart, because what's in your heart will manifest in your works. Amen. And for those who are charging people to give them something and to help them, woe unto you. Because that is not going to suffice with the son of God. Amen. So now. He's talked about the good things that they've done and then the improvements that they make. But now we get to verse 20. Would you read verse 20 again, woman of God? And again, you're reading from the King James Version. Is that correct? 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. It says, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. All right. I'm going to read verse 20 from the King James Version, excuse me, the New King James Version. And this is the red letter edition. So this is actually Jesus speaking. Amen. So verse 20 says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Let's break it down. You have done good things. And I'm aware of it. And I love you for that. However, a father who does not discipline his children does not love his children. That's what the word teaches us. So it says, I have a few things against you because you allow. You see that? You allow. You allow. You permit. You tolerate. You go with the flow. You are permissive. You, and you know who you are. We have got to take responsibility for our actions. These people know the word, woman of God. These people that he's speaking to say they are believers. They are doing the work. But it's not enough to be good and it's not enough to do the work if you are permitting a spirit that is equated to the woman like Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. So somebody who's pretending to be godly is not called by God. I want to say something, if I may. All right, can we finish this one thing? And then I'd love to hear it. Okay. Then it says to teach and seduce. Teach what? Heresy. To seduce. When you are teaching and receiving heresy, you're going to be seduced. You're going to be pulled away from the word of God. You're going to be pulled away from the commandments, from the precepts. You're going to be pulled away from the faith. And it is twisted. It is perverted. You cannot bring anything to God that is perverted and twisted. It is unacceptable. There's no compromise here. In addition, he says, my servants. You are doing this to his servants. Not your servants. His servants. To commit sexual immorality, we're going to have a very short list. If you are married to a man, if you are a woman, if you are a man and you're married to a woman, a woman to a man, God made male and female, and you are married, 
then the marriage bed is undefiled if you both agree to what is going on in that between you two. If you are separated, which means you're married and you're having sex with someone who is not your wife or your husband, that is sexual immorality. If you are having sex without the benefit of marriage, that is sexual immorality. If you are having sex without the benefit of marriage, as God made man and woman, male and female, then it's sexual immorality. That's what it is. So God is very clear of what he establishes as marriage. Anything other than that is immoral and is not tolerated or acceptable by the Lord Jesus Christ. And eating sacrifices to idols. Well, in that particular time, they would have a person who was known as a sibyl. And a sibyl was usually a woman. And uh, they're fortune tellers. They're soothsayers. Uh, somebody that um, would practice uh, divinations, uh, read stars, cards, charms, uh, invoke uh, dead spirits looking for those people to tell them something, to give them a sign. Uh, Saul did that. He was consorting mediums. And he was the king of Israel. Why would a king need to consult a medium? And God put you in your kingship. King Ahab did the same thing, which was Jezebel's husband. Jezebel. She practiced pagan religion. She wore the pants in the household. King Ahab was a holy king. He was placed by a holy God. He was the worst king ever in the northern kingdom. And then he went and married Jezebel for political reasons, not for anything for righteousness. And built idols to Astarte and Ashtaroth, which were deities that were pagans that had to deal with fertility and they sacrificed children and they did all kinds of sexual immorality all in the form of worship cutthroat no king had God's anger more heightened than King Ahab which was Jezebel's husband her name Jezebel means uh, Baal esteem, which means the husband of Baal, which was the God that they were worshiping. Solomon allowed this to come in when you go to 1 Kings chapter 11. He chased after a woman uh, in reference to Sidon and Astaroth. So that's when it starts happening. When you let a little bit get in, it can destroy everyone in the household and generations to come. You want to know about Jezebel? I suggest that you read First Kings. Look at chapter 16, 19, and 21, especially 21, 23, when it says that she's going to be eaten by dogs. And she was. So... Woman of God, you had something you'd like to say, and then we'll continue. Yes, two things. Just the other night I was talking to another sister about this very scripture because 
you know, sometimes God sent me on assignments that are, you know, in 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 the midst of uh, wolves. And this particular young lady, her husband was at a church where there was a female pastor. I'm not going to go there about the female pastor. That's another story. But anyway, this particular woman, she was marrying people who were already married to other people. And this one particular girl, she had already had a husband, and she met a guy on the on the job. He was already married to another woman. They both started going to her church some kind of way she married them to, and then the divorce. And this was going on in her church. And, and, and the Lord was using me to try to confront the pastor, the leadership, and different people in the church that this was not of God, that this was not right. Even though they were talking about Jesus, even though they were praying in Jesus' name, uh, he he was sending me to warn them that this was wrong. And finally, after five years of talking with this young woman and praying with this young woman, she finally came out. And, and 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 thank you Jesus. Now Amen. bring it bring it a little closer to my own house. I was reading the passage and and I kept on saying, God, what are you trying to say? I have uh, females, mother, grandmothers, and aunts in my own household who uh, go to church, but they teach my children and they teach my nieces and nephews that it's okay to be um, married and messing with another married man. Uh, by demonstration of their attitude, they teach to worship idols by going and playing the lottery and, and going to the racehorse, even though they come to church and sing on the choir and they usher and they minister the word of God. And, and so God began to tell me that that's what this was. It was the spirit of Jezebel teaching his children. Now, I done taught my children that it's wrong to do these things, but then I had biological family members that are in the church, but they don't do the word of God. And so I was reminding them the other day that God see everything and he hear everything and he know everything and and he wasn't and he was giving us a time to repent and turn from our wicked ways and and because we don't study the bible we don't understand that we're going to be accountable to this written word and so this even though it's written in the book of revelation this is going on right now i'm witnessing these things going on right now in my own father's household and mother's household and even in the churches in my community well the thing is is that you have to understand how relevant this is because when we get down to verse 28 and i have to take another caller sis uh, let me uh, speak with this caller then i want you to call me back uh, but read uh, verse 28. It says, King James Version, Revelation chapter 2, verse 28. And I will give him the morning star. So the thing is, is that that speaks to Jesus coming back. 
He is the morning star. He said, I will give. You will get it because he will present himself to you so that you can receive it. And then in 29, it says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So that has not happened yet. Amen. So it speaks to the second coming. This letter is powerful it's dynamic he's the only letter that calls himself the son of god it's the only time he talks about giving the morning star amen so you have to prevail you have to travail you have to keep going this is what this is about it does not matter what's going on it matters most that we understand that when you read the book of revelation you will get a blessing it's important people shy away from it oh because he makes no bones about it you see him in his glorified state it speaks to judgment so people have to understand, uh, the caller, please call back. Uh, in addition to that, let's go back up to, um, we, uh, look at verse 21. What does it say there? It says, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. See, the thing is the Lord gave her time. He gives us time to repent and to turn from that thing. And when you take his gift of repentance, he doesn't remember the sin. Because you have turned from that. But this person refused. This spirit refused. So what do they keep doing? They keep teaching and seducing the servants notice who they're going after this is going after those that do the will and the work of the lord can you imagine this is a personal hit team this Mm. is spiritual fornicating adulterous assassins Mm. and they are coming directly to the heart of god what does jesus say he is he says i'm the bridegroom and i'm coming back for a perfect church without a spot or a blemish are you kidding me right now you are messing with the king of king and the lord of lords and you need to stop it but it is happening in our homes We have to stand up. We have to be the standard bearers. You cannot go along to get along. You cannot permit this. He knows your heart. He knows your secrets. You have to be totally committed. Now, at least you will have the testimony. Lord, not only did I try, I continue to try. I continue to teach. I continue to set the standard. I continue to fight against that that was coming against you. You want that to be your testimony. Praise the Lord. So we got to get excited about it. You don't have to know about transgender and this bi and that bi and this gay and that gay. Know what God recognizes as a female and as a male and what is holy matrimony. That's all you need to know. That other stuff you don't need to know because that's not about God. Know about what he says marriage is. Everything else, then guess what? That's not about him. That's what you promote. That's what you teach. Because he gives people time to repent. Now, I'm going to have to take this call, sis. They was calling, nice enough to call back, and then okay. you call me back. All right? We all love right. you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. And thank you for waiting. I apologize you had to call back. But as you can see, the spirit is high tonight. Yes, Lord. It is time. Uh, first of all, uh, good evening, 
uh, Sister Nina. Good evening, and, Amanda. Uh, God. Pastor Terry, happy birthday, and thank I God sure for will. you all. Amen. Thank uh, you. Anytime you talk about Jezebel, believe me, the Holy Spirit won't information out there about Jezebel because it's very evil, very seductive, and this is what's going on in our in our in our society today. It's all about uh, sex. It's all about uh, a, a drug. It's all about uh, all the things that that is not of the Lord. So that's why so many call in. But I just want to thank you about that topic, Jezebel. Every time I hear the word Jezebel, it, it sounds evil. And uh, and I thank God for um, me for allowing me to sustain myself uh, from from sex because uh, there's more to life than just sitting down and rubbing skin and and telling people that you love them and this and that. Uh, it's more than life. It's, it's about going out, going out doing God's business. Amen. You know, we have to be about God's business. It, it, the way things looking now, you know, it, 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 we have to be real selfish. It's not about us. It's, it's, it has to be about the Lord. Well, well let, let's it's look at you. verse 22, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. Now, in verse 22, I'm looking at the New King James Version. Uh, we talked about 21 where he gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. 22, indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, comma, and those who commit adultery. See, not only is he casting her, he's casting those who commit adultery with her, with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. See, he's going to tell you what's going to happen to you. Now, if we look at um, Jezebel and King Ahab, they had a son, and he was right. just as wicked as his father, uh, King oh, yeah. yes, Haziah. And we find this in 1 Kings 22, and you look at verses 48 through 53. The thing that we have to understand is that he, he failed. He had a fall. You hear me? That's and, right. And check this out. The fall wounded him mortally that he wasn't able to get up anymore. So he Ooh. sent his servants, right, to a distant place called Ekron, E-K-R-O-N, to ask advice of their idol god, Bezalbul. Can you imagine? Now, he is the holy king's son, but he's sending people to, to consult an idol god Yeah, about, about, fall, about falling. Well, check this out. Elijah, Elijah came to his father, and Elijah spoke to his mother about repenting, that they didn't want to come against the kingdom of God. So God sent a messenger, amen, to give them the word, thus says the Lord, and, and showed them that God was serious. Okay. Now, now, he sent these people to try to hurt Elijah. Matter of fact, he sent them three times. <laughs> he sent three sets of 50. The first ones got wiped out. The second ones got wiped out. And the third one say, Elijah, can you just come with us? please. So Elijah told the king in person, you going to die. You going to die. 
So the you thing is, is that you can hear it from afar. You can hear it from person. You can try to stop the message, but it does not change God's will. Once God sets a course for you, you will be on that course. And it was because they did not repent. Not only did they did not repent, they refused. Their future and their sickness was by their own hand. They did this to themselves. Amen. Now 23 says, I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your works. (coughs) Make no mistake. No doctor killed them. Okay. No, no sickness killed them. It was the Lord that, 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 it was the Lord that did this amen based on what they did you do this god's gonna do this amen so folks be hollering and screaming why they take my so-and-so why did this happen maybe you ought to read the book of revelation and see if that lines up in your situation amen Amen. Because he says, I know the hearts and men, the hearts and minds of of, of these people. Amen. And he knows That's their right. works. <clears throat> 24 says, now to you, I say, and to the rest of Thyatira and many as do not have this doctrine who has not known the depths of Satan as they say, I will put you no other burden. Now, when you go to the council of Jerusalem in Acts 15, Verses 28 and 29, you will find that the Gentiles were not given the law. So they didn't have an extra burden, but they were not supposed to eat meat that was sacrificed to idols. And they were supposed to stay away from sexual immorality. And if they did those things, it would be good for them. Amen. But the word of God says, 25, hold fast. What you have till I come. 26. And he who overcomes keeps my works until the end. To him I will give power over nations. 27. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father. 28. I will give him the morning star. 29. He who has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Endure. Stay the course. Stay in the word of God. Do not compromise. It will kill you. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit field, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 a.m. and 101.5 f.m. Also, we are all Audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry,
ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.